Hi, this is Pastor Frank at Frank's Bible Study. I just want to welcome you to this Bible study. I am in part three of the law, Torah. And in this part three, more than likely there's going to be a part four, maybe five, possibly a six, only because I want to be able to lay down a premise, which is extremely important to what I'm going to teach ultimately. And everybody knows that I'm a Christocentric theological teacher. Now, I teach this because I believe that Jesus is at the center of the Bible. He is our Lord and Savior. He's our Messiah. He is going to come back. That's the reason why I teach this. Now, uh, I've heard throughout the years a lot of preachers and teachers teach this uh, but they don't teach it like this. They teach type shadows, but they don't teach it as deep as this. And and I, to some degree, I don't necessarily question their faith or maybe even question their, their study habits, but to entertain um, what I find in Scripture, maybe it's a blessing from God, maybe it's timely. I don't know. All I know is, is that the default answers that I get from people over the years, I just was not happy with. So this is a burden that I bear. This is something that I am going to ask all the questions. As many as God has given me, allowed me to ask as deep as the questions are, I believe that God is helping me understand who his uh, son Jesus Christ is. Now, I am, I am trying my best to be able to give something fresh, something new, uh, what the Holy Spirit gives me and uh, moving forward. Okay, so the next person in line is Noah. To make a connection with the sacrificial offerings, when Noah got off the ark, it says in Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 through 21, then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. It is estimated by scripture that Noah was in the ark for 370 days, which is five days over a year in our time. So you may think that it was only 40 days and nights, but you have to read Genesis chapter 7 uh, through chapter 8. And it will reveal the misunderstanding of only 40 days in the ark. So I, I also believed it was 40 days and 40 nights and that was it. But that didn't make any sense when you really start thinking about the whole earth being covered with water over the tallest mountain. So I say all of this to ask the question about clean and unclean animals. The separation between clean and unclean is only believed to be given by God in later scriptures. The books of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, for instance. Another question is, what kind of clean species of animals were on the ark for Noah to give a sacrificial offering that pleased God? Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar, and the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. So the animals that existed in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, as clean animals, came from Noah's Ark. Now, if 
there were only a selection two by two of the animals that went into the ark, and I believe it was because that's what scripture says, two of each animal, wouldn't the animals all be endangered species? I would say yes. They would be, but there is an explanation for this. I read an article on the word, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, estrus. The estrus cycle of cattle is the period from one estrus, heat phase or sexual receptivity, to the next estrus. For the cow and heifer, this period averages 21 days, with a typical range of 18 to 24 days in length. The reproductivity function of a cow or heifer is characterized by whether she displays normal estrus cycles to calf at two years of age. A heifer must reach puberty by 14 to 15 months of age and conceive. After puberty, a female then exhibits continued estrus cycles at even intervals, normally every 18 to 24 days. During gestation, the period between fertilization and parturition, calving, a cow or heifer is pregnant and not cycling. After approximately 283 days of gestation, parturition occurs. The postpartum stage is the period of recovery after a female calves, typically 40 days or more. To maintain an annual calving interval, a beef female has approximately 82 days between calving and rebreeding. Now, I got this from an article called The Estrus Cycle of cattle. Now, if you heard what I said, the possibility of a of the bovine or the, the whatever cattle was on board of the ark and it wasn't just cows. There was obviously, as we see today, there's different types of um, cattle that went onto the ark. And if this information, I mean, I believe it's true, which means if they came onto the ark pregnant, they could have at, up to at least three calves of the of the cattle aspect of the of what came onto the ark which is interesting now concerning other animals the average goat gestation lasts 150 days so a female goat could have two deliveries per year with adequate nutrition sheep are fertile throughout the year a healthy, well-fed ewe can birth up to six or more lambs in two years. So by dividing that number, three lambs a year. Now concerning clean birds, doves, and pigeons, a pigeon can lay eggs 12 times a year. That's at least 12 eggs a year, but more than likely more. You may say getting two eggs every month is possible. Doves, on the other hand, morning doves may raise as many as six broods in a single year, each one in a new nest. They start building nests very early in the spring season and continue as late as October. We can see that the Torah prescribes this in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 24. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the land, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or 
two young pigeons. Now, reading that lets us know that that is what is in the Torah. Now, if you go back uh, and read, uh, in which I have the scriptures here, you're going to see that is exactly what is prescribed by the law. And so, Joseph and Mary here for Jesus is exactly what they were doing that was prescribed by the law. So, uh, by inference, we could assume that what Noah actually sacrificed when it came to the birds were doves or pigeons. Now, this would make sense because God is never changing. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And why all of a sudden would he change his mind on things that are clean and unclean when he gave that to Noah? The animals on the ark would have reproduced naturally as God created them. Concerning clean animals for sacrificial offerings, the animals that Noah offered to God after exiting the ark is only defined by God as clean and unclean for purposes of eating and sacrificial offerings. We discover this defined in the books of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. It makes sense to think that there was an unwritten conversation that took place with Abel, Seth, and Noah. I don't believe that this is an unexplainable gap in scripture. If you read scriptural narrative unified, the gaps are filled by basic principles of what has developed. Redo. If you read scriptural narrative unified, the gaps are filled by basic principles of what has developed in Judaism historically. God had to have revealed these ancient truths in part. And quote, before the foundations of the world, unquote. Or this makes no sense at all. Now, where we get uh, clean and unclean animals, we could find this in Leviticus chapter 11, verses 3 through 8. Among the animals, whatever divides the hoof, having cloven hooves and chewing the cud, that you may eat. Nevertheless, these you shall not eat among those that chew the cud or those who have cloven hooves. The camel, because it chews the cud but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. The rock hyrex, because it chews the cud but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. The hare, because it chews the cud but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. And the swine, though it divides the hoof, having cloven hooves, yet it does not chew the cud, is unclean to you. Their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcasses you shall not touch. They are unclean to you. Deuteronomy chapter 14 verses 4 through 8. These are the animals which you may eat, the ox, the sheep, the goat, the deer, the gazelle, the roe deer, the wild goat, the mountain goat, the antelope, and the mountain sheep. And you may eat every animal with cloven hooves, having the hoof split into two parts and that chews the cud among the animals. Nevertheless, of those that chew the cud or have cloven hooves, you shall not eat. Such as these, the camel, the hare, and the rock hyrax, for they chew the cud but do not have cloven hooves. They are unclean to you. Also, the swine is unclean for you because it has cloven hooves, yet does not chew the cud. 
you shall not eat their flesh or touch their dead carcasses. Now, just to do a quick recap on Leviticus and Deuteronomy and also Noah when he got off the ark. If Noah was not sacrificing these clean animals prior to Leviticus and Deuteronomy, then technically it was not right. It was unclean. It, the Lord didn't, did not honor it. He did not, it wasn't a sweet aroma, but that's not what it says. It says that God, it pleased God. And it was a sweet aroma. It was a, it was aroma that he liked. Now, why all of a sudden would God or Noah do something that God did not like? And then later God changes it up in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. No, they were the same exact animals. More than likely what Noah sacrificed was maybe, uh, one each of the, you know, the cattle and then some birds and maybe a goat and a sheep because there was tons of them when they got off the ark. It was like, they like tripled. The population on the ark tripled. So it was something that, and here's the other thing as well, is like I said in earlier podcasts, is like, where did they get this information from? Who told them about sacrificing? Who told them about offerings? Who told them that God even liked that? Somebody told them. Because the conversation doesn't exist with Adam, with Abel, and really with Noah. I mean, you don't, you don't hear that, that articulated conversation as we read here in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. I have a guesstimate of why. And just in a nutshell, when the children of Israel left Egypt, they were illiterate, giving an illiterate people so much information like how their education developed by the time Leviticus and Deuteronomy came around, they would be able to digest that spiritually and intellectually. But that's in a nutshell. I'll go into that when we get to that point. But what I'm trying to say here is, is that God may have kept certain things from them, but only gave them certain things that were necessary. But did this conversation take place? No. But as we read here in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, something had to take place because this articulates what God desires, what he wants, his plan, what is clean, what is unclean. So these are things that we have to ponder and think about when it comes to these scriptures. It just didn't come to them like one day I said, you know what? I think I think I had an epiphany. I think this is what God wants. And then God went for it. No, information was conveyed. So I covered three aspects of Torah-approved animals. Number one, bovine is the term for relating to cattle. Number two, caprine is a term relating to goats. And then number three, ovine is the term relating to sheep. Animals that are considered clean by Torah, if you take a few steps further, are also considered kosher foods. We read in Genesis 27 verse 7, Bring me game and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now this is concerning Isaac in his old age, but also through his life eating clean animals as kosher food. How do we know this? It's because it's his favorite food. And he wanted this before his death. So obviously Isaac knew about clean and unclean animals. 
Now, there's rhyme and reason for all of this. Trust me, it will definitely make sense later in later podcasts. Let me continue. Now, I dare to call this some type of oral Torah or pre-Torah because it is identical to what we read in the book of Exodus and Leviticus. Now, you might ask, why is this important or even relevant? If Jesus fulfills the Torah, in which I believe he has, but the only thing he hasn't fulfilled is what is in the prophets, which is his second coming. But as far as Torah goes, I believe that he has fulfilled it. And if this is some type of pre-Torah, then Jesus fulfilled it. This means that the references are deeper than we have anticipated about Messiah. Okay, the next podcast will be about Abraham, and I will tie this series together for deeper understanding and study. Now, the Abraham podcast uh, will be, oh, oh, the subject matter anyway, about Abraham, will maybe in two parts, will be a part four, I guess, and then it'll be A and B, because Abraham, you really have to go deep with Abraham, because this is the father of the, this is where basically where they were called Hebrews, where they were, they're basically Jews. This is this where it all started. So this is why he's the father of faith, is why I need to spend probably uh, A and B on him, because his profile is extremely important, is because this is where it all begins. All right, this is Pastor Frank at Frank's Bible Study. I hope you are blessed. Continue studying and reading your Bible. Amen.